Good morning. I, uh, I hear a hush come over the crowd. I think everybody's just ready to get into the Word. Usually I have to spend a couple minutes up here telling everybody to come in and get seated, get ready. But this time I felt the opposite. I felt y'all kind of saying, let's do this, Pastor Micah. Enough with the chit chat and the hugs. And let's get into God's Word. Waiting on me. Waiting on me, that's fine. Well, wait no longer. We're about to get into it. And before we get into it, I just want to, again, I've, I've, I've just felt the Lord building anticipation in me, and so I kind of want to sow that a little bit like a seed in the ground. Are you ready for God to speak to you this morning? Yeah. Do you believe that, you know, whether it's in worship or talking with someone that you haven't seen in a while or getting into the Word or something I have to say God has something that he wants to say. God wants to speak to us. He wants to encounter us this morning. And I'm telling you, an encounter from the true and the living God, that is what we need personally, and that's what we need as a culture, as a society, a country, a world right now. And so so let's get into that. Let's open up our hearts, prepare for his encounter with us this morning. I'm going to pray And if you would, I want to just encourage you, if you would just open up your arms like this as I'm praying, just to receive a good gift from the Lord right now. Lord Jesus, we are here to encounter you. We're here to experience you. God, we we are Christians, not because we like the term, but because we are Christ followers, because we want to be people who are defined by you, your presence your goodness. God, I pray that you would give us the grace and the strength to shed any other kind of label, any other kind of allegiance that would keep us from simply experiencing and loving you, who you are. Jesus, it's your love that has broken chains in our lives. It's your love that's redeemed us. It's your love that has changed us. It's your love that's allowed us to love ourselves and to love others and to love you. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak your words of of love and your words of truth to us this morning. Holy Spirit, we, we submit our lives, our minds to you and ask that you would form and transform us into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to speak this morning, what God's put on my heart is to talk about living unlocked, living unlocked. And we're going to take a few weeks to go through this. I think there's some things that we kind of need to unpack, but I just want to drop a few bombs this morning and we'll just figure out the rest of it later. Uh, but, But essentially, we're talking about this concept of living unlocked. And in case you didn't know, I've shared this over the past few services, but just as I was praying and seeking the Lord uh, towards the end of 2020, just about the vision that God has for us as a church here in Boswell for 2021, where he would want us to go, I just, I didn't get a whole lot of specifics, but what he did point me in the direction of was an unlocking. I believe that God wants us to live unlocked 
each individual in this church and, and as a church to live in an unlocked kind of way. And so in saying that, I want to, to spend some time unpacking a little bit of what that means to me, what I feel like God's sharing with me and how we can walk that out together as a church, living unlocked. And before I even get into to all the specifics of what this means to me, I just kind of want to to share a little bit about the importance of it right now in our culture. Because to me, living unlocked has a lot to do with accessing all of the potential that God's created within us. To, for us to live unlocked is to access and walk out, live out the true potential of who God's created us to be, what he's made us to look like. Um, and I believe that there's a journey of walking that out. There's a journey of, of figuring that out. And honestly, in our culture, we need Christians who are unlocked. We need churches that are unlocked and running fully in the, the potential and the grace of what God's called us to. The times, the seasons, the hour that we find ourselves in, uh, particularly as a, as a country here, it's, it's defined by anxiety and hostility and division and corruption and there's just it's such a time that God's people really need to to stand up to take a stand um, and and to walk out the fullness of who God's called us to be and so before I even get into this I do want to encourage you to our our senior founding pastor pastor Dwayne Sheriff he's begun a sermon series entitled a time to stand and uh, he, he started it last week. And what we've been doing to kind of go along with that on Wednesday evenings, we're going to be just showing the teaching that Pastor Dwayne has been giving on a time to stand, talking specifically about the political climate that we find ourselves in here in America and how God's called us as a church to fight, to take a stand. He, he started us out talking about putting on the full armor of God. And over these next uh, few sessions, he's going to be taking us through that armor of God, how we're to fight. We're called to be in a fight. And that's not necessarily taking up arms and cutting people's ears off with swords. Uh, not that kind of fight, but a fight nonetheless. And, and so Pastor Dwayne is going to be unpacking for us what it looks like for us to take a stand as Christians, what it looks like for us to fight the way that he's called us to fight right now. And so if that is at all something that's stirring a little bit of a fire in you, what, what I want to share, I believe it goes hand in hand, but I would encourage you to come on Wednesday night, so we're just going to be getting into that teaching from Pastor Wayne together. But again, this, this idea of it being a time for us to take a stand and to fight in the name of the Lord, and then this idea that it's time for us to be unlocked, I truly believe these go hand in hand, because again, what I mean by unlocking is that we would access the fullness of God's potential that he's put in us. Jesus spent a lot of time talking about seeds. He talked a lot about seeds in the kingdom, comparing it to a seed. And, uh, you know, my daughter recently, she got a hold of an acorn. I don't know where or how, what, but it was like her favorite thing ever. I've, it's probably lodged in her car seat right now. But for a while, all the time, she was showing people, look at this acorn, acorn, acorn. And it made me think truly, packed inside of that acorn is absolutely every single thing that is necessary to make a gigantic tree. 
A huge tree is packed into that little thing. But it just needs to go through this process of transforming, of unlocking what that potential is. And it needs to have the right environment, the right soil, the right watering, sunlight, whatever. All these things that I don't know very well because I'm not good at growing stuff. I've tried. But packed within that seed is all the potential that's ever been necessary for it to grow into this gigantic, awesome, wonderful thing. And that's kind of the picture that I'm getting about you and I as Christians. Whenever I talk about unlocking, I truly believe that within every single face that I'm looking at right now, every single one of us, there's stuff in there. There's stuff in here that hasn't come out yet that I can't force or create on my own that is only going to be something that Jesus Christ can unlock and can push me towards to access that great potential that's there. You know, uh, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians, I, I, I share this verse a lot because it's so powerful to me. It talks about how in Christ, behold, in Christ, new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Behold, if anyone be in Christ, new creation. And the fact is true that if you are in Christ, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are brand new. My dad would say brand spanking new, but I guess I said it anyway. But you're brand new in Christ. We're absolutely, we've been made new. And so there's something that happens in salvation that we are absolutely brand new. And it also says, though, in, in 2 Corinthians, if you look in chapter 3, I believe it's verse 18, that says, we all with unveiled face are beholding Jesus's glory. And as we do that, we're transformed from one degree of glory to the next. So just like there's this aspect of salvation that you and I are brand new, it's happened, it's done. There's also this transformative process. And I think sometimes we as Christians, we can kind of get a little bit too content and complacent in the just the radical newness of salvation, that we neglect this process of salvation. We've been saved, we've been made new, but that doesn't mean that Jesus wants to leave us exactly where we're at. He wants to develop us, he wants to grow us, he wants to bring some more things out. There's more stuff locked in the seed that is you and I that God wants to pull out of us. There's more that's there. And we as a culture right now, we can't afford to have a whole bunch of Christians who are Christians in name only. Can't afford it. The world can't afford it right now. You and I can't afford it right now. We can't afford to have Christians who are content with just this truth of I've been saved, I've been made new, that's that. Let me come to church, punch my time card, and then get back going. No, God wants to unlock some stuff. God wants to unlock things, new potential, new ministries, new ideas, new business ventures, new relationships. God wants to unlock newness within us. He wants to draw it out of us to be the, the people who he's called us to be. In Romans 8, okay, I'm going to preach just for a second, and then I'll go back to everything else, okay? In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul he says that all of creation is groaning in anticipation for the sons of God to be revealed. All of creation, all of creation is groaning, waiting in anticipation for God's people to be revealed for who they are. It doesn't say that all of creation is groaning for the true patriots to be revealed. It's for God's people to be revealed. 
God's sons to be revealed. We got a mission here. We got we got a lot to do. We got a world that needs saving, that needs changing. We've got to take a stand. And you and I, we can't afford to be locked up and to have all these dreams and hopes and potential dying within the seed and not reaching that full potential. You and I, we need to live unlocked. God's called you to it. Look at somebody next to you and say, you got a lot in you. Do you believe it? You believe that's true? You got a lot more in you. You got a lot more in you than than what you've uh, done up to this point. We've got a lot more to experience than what we've seen up to this point. There's so much that is locked, loaded, waiting, ready to just be unleashed into God's creation. God's creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed so that it can reach its fullness, the potential that, that God's called us to. So we can't afford not to live unlocked. So what we're going to be unpacking, talking about a little bit more is what does this mean? What does it look like to be unlocked? What is it like to be unlocked? And how do I put myself in a position to live that way, to draw more potential out, to, to become more of who God's called me to be? And where it begins, first and foremost, I could have chosen any story from Scripture of Jesus just meeting someone because the place that your life gets unlocked first and foremost, is with an encounter with the Most High God, an encounter with Jesus. You can give some praise for that. That's fine. That's really good. Because the thing about it is, is that an encounter with Jesus isn't something that just had to happen 2,000 years ago. What he did on the cross and in his resurrection was made it to where his spirit could live and dwell among his people to where you and I get to have that encounter whenever. And so if you haven't had an encounter with the Lord, or maybe it's been a long time since you've had the encounter, I just want to tell you right now, let's build some faith for a second, that God wants to have that encounter with you. God wants to speak to you this morning. God wants to speak to you tonight whenever you go home. God wants to reveal himself to you. He's looking for these encounters. And I just, I believe, first and foremost, if we can be a church that has open hearts, if we come in open hearts, ready to experience God, ready to have an encounter with the true and the living God, he's faithful to meet that. He's faithful to meet us where we're at and to give us that encounter. But the way that people get unlocked, first and foremost, is just with an encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus. And I'm telling you, I could go through any of these stories from the gospel and just look at where someone met Jesus and something just got unlocked in their lives. Some potential just got unleashed. Maybe it was the potential to see whenever they were born blind. And an encounter with Jesus changed that. Maybe it was someone who was just living without purpose and just doing their daily grind. And he says, come, follow me. And something is unlocked that changes the course of not just their lives, but history through the disciples. Anytime that Jesus meets with someone, talks with someone, every single encounter, some kind of unlocking happens. Some kind of new potential, some kind of growth, some kind of something new that wasn't there before. I'm thinking of Beauty and the Beast now. There's something there that wasn't there before. He unlocks something. That's the last time I'm going to sing for y'all. But he unlocks these encounters with Jesus. He unlocks things. And so, like I said, I could choose any scripture here, but one that I'm just drawn to that I love is the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. 
This, so if, if you want, the, it's, a, it's a pretty good story that I would encourage you to go and read. Just take some homework. In John 4, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 1 through 42, you'll find this story of the woman at the well. And um, this is just such a fun story to get into. I, I believe that most people are well aware of it. If not, like I said, go read it. It's awesome. But um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk about some of the high points because 42 verses, if we took it verse by verse, we'd be here a while. And I'm cool with that, but I don't think you are. So just to tell the story a little bit, Jesus comes and has an encounter. Remember, this unlocking happens with simply an encounter with Jesus. Jesus has an encounter with this Samaritan woman at the well. And there's so much packed into it, even things that are unsaid that, uh, honestly, I wouldn't have been smart enough to figure out on my own, but I've heard other scholars talk about important things. Just a few things here is that this woman was a Samaritan. Jesus was not. And Jesus's people would often not even walk through Samaria, this area of the world. They'd walk around it if they had to get from point A to point B because they didn't even want to be around these people. These people. They didn't want to be around those people, the Samaritans. But here Jesus, walking through Samaria, comes into contact with this woman at a well that was a very important well site, like a, almost like a holy ground uh, for their people. Uh, and he has this conversation with it. And what it seems like from the story is that it's just Jesus and this woman at the moment because the disciples have gone into town. And it says that he meets her there at the sixth hour of the day. And one thing that can be inferred from the fact that it's the sixth hour of the day, that's pretty much high noon. It's the hottest part of the day. And it, like I said, it seems like Jesus and this woman are there by themselves. So what this infers is that she's not there drawing water at the time when all the other ladies from the town would be drawing water, that she's chosen and decided to be there by herself, be there when nobody else is there. And so, so she's a Samaritan. She, she kind of wants to be a little bit of a loner. It's possible that it's because of something that Jesus will bring up in this conversation. Jesus, whenever he's speaking to her, he says, hey, go talk to your husband about this. She says, well, I don't have a husband. And he's like, you're right, you don't have a husband. You've had a lot of different husbands, and the guy that you're living with right now is not your husband. Mic drop. And she says, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> I perceive that you know some stuff, Jesus. So, so that was a cool, fun part of this conversation. But even, even before they get to that part, he has this conversation with her that is, is already, you can tell there's some tension there. Because like, why are you asking me, a woman and a Samaritan, to draw water for you out of this well? And and so we see just a few different things from this woman. And what I was imagining as I was reading the story is I imagine the kind of person that she woke up as that morning. This woman at the well, we don't even see her name. Name's not listed, but just from what we gather from the story, it seems like she wakes up a little bit of an outsider, a little bit of a loner. She wakes up pretty skeptical. Because you see, even in this conversation that she's having with Jesus, she seems pretty skeptical of him until he starts talking about all of her relationships and knowing her life. But she wakes up pretty skeptical, 
on the outside, maybe ashamed if she's wanting to be there at the well by herself without the rest of the ladies of the town around. She wakes up in that kind of a shape, but then by the end of the story, this is what happens. So Jesus reveals this stuff to her. He's, he says, yes, you're right. The person that you're not with right now is not your husband. You've had these other ones before him. And so this, this is where I'll, I'll just go ahead and get into it. Um, where, where she says that, uh, that I perceive that, um, that, uh, that you are a prophet. So it, let's start up here in verse 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. But then she moves the conversation a little bit more, too. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Almost like a conversation in there. Okay, well, agree to disagree. When the Messiah comes, he'll tell us all the truth. Then Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I'm the one. I'm the Messiah that you're talking about. So just then the, the disciples came back and they're thinking, what is going on here? Why is Jesus with this woman? Uh, so anyway... Let's see, uh, in verse 28. So the woman left her jar of water and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. As the story continues, you see that Jesus ends up staying a while in this town and a lot of people come to know him based on this woman's testimony. What was so awesome about this is I see this woman who woke up ashamed, skeptical, outside, different. And from this encounter that she has with Jesus, this conversation, a relatively brief conversation that she has here, she leaves this story a completely different woman. I would say that she leaves the story a completely unlocked woman because this woman who came to this well an ashamed, lonely isolated, skeptical person leaves that place going back to her town that it seemed like she was trying to hide from and saying to them, come, see this man who has told me everything about myself. Can this person be the Christ? And leading them to Christ. So this person who is skeptical becoming a person that's bringing other people to faith. This person who was on the outside being someone who brings people inside the fold. This person who was lonely and isolated, ashamed, going with boldness in front of her whole town and saying, come see this guy who's changed my life 
and can change yours too. This is the Christ that we've been looking for. She leaves this one little encounter with Jesus, a completely unlocked woman. And like I said, we could find this same story. We could find the same truth in any encounter that Jesus has because that's what happens. Jesus transforms people. It's what he came to do. That's who he is. An encounter with Jesus, it unlocks people. And so this, it couldn't help but unlock this woman completely from one interaction, just change her nature, change who she is, how she sees herself, how she functions, who she talks to, how she talks. She was unlocked here. She's unlocked. And so an unlocking takes place whenever you come into contact and have an encounter with Jesus and a word from Jesus. You know, Jesus is called in John's gospel as well, the word made flesh. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us in Jesus. And so really what I'm talking about here, whenever I say this encounter with Jesus, you're having an encounter with the word of God. An encounter with God's truth spoken into your life. An encounter with God's truth spoken over you. And so what I want us to unpack here in the next few weeks is how to live a life that is unlocked. How to see God unlock more of what he's put the potential in us to be. And as we do that, I want us to specifically talk about his word. Loving his word. It starts with his word. And so where I want to just kind of lay a little bit of a foundation and a framework, this is going to kind of be the basis for what we're talking about. If you would go, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to, to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 13. And here in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus gives us a parable about his word. Because again, it's, it's an encounter with his word. It's a, an encounter with his truth that unlocks us. And each and every one of us, I believe, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, you've had an encounter with him. I've had an encounter with the Lord. You've, we've had multiple encounters with God. But what, what I want to see is to allow those encounters to take deep root into our lives, to tap into that potential that he's called us to, to continue to unlock, to unlock more of us. And so as we look at having an encounter with his word, this is what Jesus says about the word. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read. Uh, this is one of those cool parables that has an answer key. Not all of Jesus's parables have an answer key, and I wish that they did sometimes, but this one does. So I'm going to read this to you, and then we'll go look at the answer key real quick. So uh, starting here in verse 3 uh, from Matthew chapter 13. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came up and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So Jesus tells the people this parable. It's familiar, I know. But he tells them this parable 
of a sower. It goes out, sows seeds. Some falls, the birds eat it up. Others on rocky ground, it springs up quickly, but then the sun scorches it almost immediately. Other seed was sown, and there were thorns that ended up choking it out. And then some other seed, again, we're talking about this potential. Some seed found good ground, and it sprang up. It bore fruit. It produced grain. Some 100, some 60, some 30-fold. And so the metaphor that Jesus uses here of this producing grain, springing up out of good soil, producing something, that's the kind of picture that I get whenever I talk about unlocking. When God wants to unlock who, we, who his people are, God wants to reveal the sons of God in creation. I believe that he wants us to be people who bear fruit, that this word, this encounter with God can be something that produces and grows into this abundance that the world is going to have to reckon with. Whenever they see our fruit, we'll get to this in a little bit, but whenever they see our fruit, they're going to have to glorify our Father in heaven whenever they see our good works. So this unlocking, it's going to be a witness and, and a judgment to the world. Whenever they see God revealed, people are going to have to deal with that. So, so good soil. Again, like I said, uh, Jesus gives us an answer key here. So the disciples come to him. They're like, Jesus, why do you always talk in parables? This is like, why don't you just say it plainly, whatever. And so, but he says, you know, some of these things are hidden. And I want to reveal it to him. So, but for his disciples, he gives them an answer key. If you go uh, to verse 18, and from, from 18 to uh, the, the rest of that passage there, he gives them an answer key. He talks about the, the seed that was sown uh, where the birds came and ate it up. He said, that's someone who receives the word, but they don't understand it. There's no understanding. And so the, the birds just come and, and snatch it up. It's like it didn't even really do anything. The, the one that gets sown on the rocky ground, he talked about that and said that that's like someone who receives the word, who really loves it, engages, but, but they have no root in themselves, he says. They have no root in themselves, and so quickly the sun just scorches it and destroys that, that word that was there. And then he talks about the, the seed that was sown in the thorns, and what he compares that to is someone who receives the, the word with gladness, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches are like thorns that choke out, choke out the word that was planted. But then he talks about this good ground, this good soil uh, that bears fruit. And, and he says that this one uh, here, let's see, the verse is, is 23. He said, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And so what I want to be the foundation for the next few weeks as we dig into living an unlocked kind of life. Of course, first and foremost, the one thing we need to be seeking an encounter with Jesus Christ. We need to be seeking an encounter with God made flesh, with the word made flesh. And so as we have that encounter, he's going to plant some seeds of the word. And this is how we can live a life that cultivates this unlocking. Here he says it, the one who's, who hears and understands the word and he that bears fruit. This is the one that bears a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. I want to get into these three things. If we could be people who hear the word, 
consistently, people who are, are listening, have our ears constantly to the word, who understand the word and who bear fruit, who act in the word. I believe that God can do some great unlocking with that. I believe that God can unlock and unleash all kinds of potential in us. And so we'll, we'll dig into these more in the weeks to come. But just to kind of give a little bit of, to kind of wet the whistle. I don't know if, I don't know if anyway, to just kind of get us ready for the weeks to come. Being a church who hears the word. This sounds so basic, I know. But again, if Jesus is the word made flesh, then hearing the word, there's all kinds of potential packed into it. But I believe God wants to call us to be people who have our ears attentively listening to his word. And I'm telling you, I personally, the pastor, I am challenged by this right now. I'm convicted about this because we live in a day and age where words are abundant. Words all over the place. I'm a podcast liker. And it's easy for me, or music, whatever. I'm, I'm constantly listening to something. There, there's all kinds of words that, that are thrown out there, but what I want us to be is people who first and foremost are hearing God's word, hearing what God has to say, not hearing some other person's take on it, not hearing the 24-hour news cycle that we can find in whatever opinion we already hold that can just tell us what we already want to hear. Beautiful thing about the word of God is it confirms and it also challenges. I want to be challenged by God's word, not just the things that I always want to hear because I'm going to gravitate to the things that I want to hear. But I want to be a person who's listening first and foremost to his word, who hears his word. So it sounds basic, someone who hears the word, but I'm telling you, we can put ourselves in position to be hearers better than we are already. No matter how much you get into the word, there's another level that you can go to. And so maybe you don't like reading. That's fine. Get an audio version of the Bible and listen to the word. Let listening come in. We can be hearers of the word by the people that we surround ourselves with. There are some people in my life who speak God's word over me more than other people. And so I can find those people and, and be more of a hearer of the word, be more faithful to that call to hear God's word based on the people that I choose to, to be around and submit my ears to. And we'll get into that more later, but I'm telling you, we need to be, right now, the, the world needs it. We need to be people who are hearing what God has to say. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We need to be hearing what God has to say. We need to be hearing that. And then we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about this understanding because even Jesus talked about these people who heard the word. Yeah, they heard it, but the birds came and snatched it up. They didn't understand what was going on. So we need to be people of understanding. You might think, well, darn, this is where I get left out because I didn't make good grades in high school. Or darn, I went to Victory Life Academy, so I don't learn good. Okay, I'm taking shots at myself, all right, nobody else. But listen, you and I, we can be people of understanding by the power and the spirit of God. You know, the, the Apostle Paul, he wrote to, I believe it was in one of the Corinthians. He wrote to the church in Corinth that said, consider your calling whenever Christ calls you. Not many of you were of high stature. Not many of you were wise by the world standards. But God chose what was lowly, what was 
ridiculous, what was not wise in the world to shame those things that the world considers wise. God chose specifically people who maybe by the world standards don't have this great wisdom and eloquent tongue, but he chose us to reveal his true wisdom. And so if we're going to be people of understanding, that doesn't mean that we have to be so book smart and we have to know all the right things and we have to be so woke and so smart. No, that's not what what God's wisdom is all about. God wants to reveal his true wisdom to the people who consider themselves humble, ready to hear what the Lord has to say. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So to be humble, to be fearful of the Lord, to honor and revere him, that's where wisdom starts. That's where understanding begins. And we'll, we'll dig into this even more. But again, even in, in James, the book of James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, just let him ask. God will give it to you. And so that's what my encouragement is going to be. If we want to be people who hear, who are hearing the word, and who are not just hearing but understanding the word, let's ask the Lord, God, reveal yourself to us. Reveal who you are in this word. Give me understanding. Give me wisdom. Give me insight into what's going on right now because I don't want to just read words on the page, but I want Jesus revealed to me. I want Jesus revealed to me. The Apostle Paul talked about uh, Jews who hadn't come to Christ Man, I put this in my notes. What's the scripture? Uh, this was in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 3. Uh, you can go check this out. We'll dig into this more when we start talking about understanding. But he talks about Jews who can read the scriptures, read the word, but there's a veil over their face whenever they read it. But Christ is the one who lifts that veil and reveals God in the scriptures. Only Christ can remove that veil. So let's make that, if, if we are hearing but not understanding, go to God. Say, Jesus, remove whatever veil is over my eyes right now. Reveal yourself to me. Show me. Give me understanding. We're going to be people who ask for and seek God's understanding. And then this last one, that's that he says it's that person that bears fruit. That person that hears the word, understands the word. They go and they bear fruit. Some to different levels. We don't, have, we don't all have to have the same exact level of impact, the same exact level of influence. We don't have to all have the same exact gifting and talent. That's not what this is about, but it's about being faithful to what God has given you, being faithful to, to who he's created and called you to be. Honestly, if I'm a seed that is an apple tree, I need to be thankful whenever I grow to the biggest, tallest apple tree that there ever was. And I don't need to be upset whenever my acorn friend next to me grows up into this big oak tree that God's called them to be. It's not about bigger, taller, whatever. It's about being the potential that God has called you to be and being faithful to that. And so we're going we're gonna to dig into that as well, being people who bear fruit, who bring God's justice into the world. I, I mentioned it earlier, but in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 5, if you want to go and see this, but he says that, that God's called us to let our light shine, to be exposed out in front of the world, to, to let our light shine so that people would see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. We get things backwards sometimes in church. One, we get this whole process backwards sometimes, this hear, understand, act. And we put act at the top. And we say, I'm going to go bear fruit. Jesus wants me to bear fruit. I'm going to go bear some fruit. Apple, pear, peach, orange, you're welcome. No, that's not what God's called you to do. 
God's not called you to just go and produce your own fruit. He wants you to be rooted, planted in his word and in an encounter with him and a desire for him and his truth to be revealed. And it's in doing that, in connecting yourself to the branch. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. It's in connecting to the vine. That's whenever we produce the fruit that we're supposed to. So let's not get this backwards and start just being a church of doers and actors first. Let's get connected with his word. Let's hear it. Let's understand it. And then fruit happens. Fruit just comes out of that. So we get things backwards sometimes. We want to be a doer first, but no, let's get connected to, to the vine, be branches, and he's going to bring that out. But then, too, we get things backwards sometimes and say, well, oh, I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to do things in front of people. I don't want to let my light shine because I don't want it to be about me. I've got to be humble. No, God said, let your light shine in front of people. Let your good works be seen, but not so they'll glorify you. Well, let's let our good works be seen so that people can glorify our Father in heaven, so that glory can come back to him, so that this wicked and perverse generation that we find ourselves in can look to a church that is unlocked, that is unleashed, that is walking in the potential of righteousness and holiness and goodness and justice that God's called us to so that the, this wicked and perverse generation can see that and can have the choice to glorify our Father in heaven, or to experience the judgment of turning their backs on that. But you and I, let's live unlocked. Let's get connected. Let's get into the word. Be hearers of his word. Be passionate about being hearers of his word. The uh, biblical authors talked about pursuing his word like, like babies pursue milk. Let's just try to go straight to the word of God, just for our nourishment, for our source. Let's be hearers of his word. Let's be people who understand, not on our own strength, but submitting constantly, God, reveal yourself to me in this. Jesus, lift the veil in a way that only you can, so I can understand, so I can rightly divide the truth in front of me. And then let's be doers. Let's be actors on this. Let's bear, bear the fruit that naturally comes from living a life embedded in, into his word. And so we're going to tease these ideas out over the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about just being a church that are hearers of the word, passionate about God's word, people who understand, seeking the Lord for understanding, and then bearing fruit as well. And I believe that it's in that, in that kind of environment that God is going to unlock some things. God, God wants to unlock you this year. In, in closing, uh, I hope he's okay with this, but John Jordan did some encouraging for me this week. He was talking about just something that he's seeking the Lord about, something that he's asking from the Lord. And he was talking to me. He said he referenced a, a, a series that Pastor Dwayne had done in years past about the beauty of imagination. You know, God's given us an imagination for a reason. God's made us to be creative and lively, imaginative people for a reason. And so what Johnny was telling me is he was like, I'm just going to imagine, I'm going to think and see in my mind the fulfillment of this thing that I'm praying for. I'm just going to see it happen before it's here. That's what I'm going to focus my mind on, is imagining what it's like whenever God deals with this issue for me and whenever he moves mightily on my behalf. And that's something that was really inspiring me this week and that I want to inspire you to is do some imagining with God. 
just some imagining right now. What could your life look like if God unlocked some potential in you? What could your relationships look like? What could God do with it? What would this church be like if we were unlocked? What would Boswell, Oklahoma look like if God unlocked the potential in you? What would your job look like? What kind of parent or grandparent would you be? What kind of spouse would you be if God unlocked some things in you? Imagine it. Pretend. Do some pretend with God. Use your, use your imagination there, and let's just dream a little bit of what it could be like. I'm telling you, God could do some really, really powerful and impressive things. Not for our glory, not to make us feel good or look good, but so that he would be glorified and so that people would glorify our Father in heaven. That's the Father's business. Let's be about that. Can we do that, church? All right. I want to pray over you. And, and again, as, as I'm praying, um, Sarah's going to play some music here, but I, I want to, to have a little bit of time just for response because, again, we can get into all these specifics of cultivating a good heart for, for the Word. But the beginning point, again, is an encounter with the Word made flesh, an encounter with Jesus. And so what I want to do is, is I want to pray over us right now, but I want to welcome our ministry teams this morning, uh, the teams that we have available to pray over you. And I want us to just spend a little bit of time. Sarah, do you mind if we sing that song that you ended with? Uh, I want to spend, thank you, Sarah, you're amazing. I want to spend a little bit of time with ministry teams here, but even if it's just right in your chair right now, if you want to, the altar is open. If you want to come forward and worship the Lord some, then please know that you're welcome to. But wherever you're sitting or standing in this moment, God wants to encounter you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to start this journey of unlocking something new. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how Christian you are or how long you have been, God wants to do something new. I'm looking for a new encounter with Jesus right now. I'm looking for another encounter with the Spirit of God to speak to me. And so the altar's open. If you want someone to pray with you and agree with you this morning about that, come forward. If you just need to kneel, if you just need to come up here to worship, it's open for you. But wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, just open yourself up right now to an encounter from the Most High God because He wants to unlock. He wants to bring out some potential. So let's worship Him. forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died Because you died, rose again. 
God, that you would encounter us even in unsuspecting ways. I don't believe this Samaritan woman woke up thinking that she would have an encounter that would change her life that day, but you did it. You came to her. You revealed yourself to her. And so, Lord, reveal yourself more and more to us. Give us that encounter with your word and your presence. And, Lord, help us to be faithful stewards of that word, to see the potential that you've placed inside of us come and bear much fruit. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> 